to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the show, and it is show number 69. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are live on Facebook, and uh, we will get it to iTunes soon enough. Do want to welcome in our listening audience on Voice Ed Radio Canada, and excited to be here today. Today's guest is doing tremendous work in the field of education. Uh, and really changing things for the better. Uh, the guest is going to be Don Wetrick uh, from Indianapolis. He is the Innovation and Entrepreneurship uh, Coordinator and teaches the class of Innovation and Entrepreneurship. Uh, he's an author, he's a keynote speaker, and he's uh, just someone that's rocking education in, in prepping for the show. Uh, he's truly inspired me and um, to make some changes with some things that I'm doing and the way I think about education and, and what I'm doing at my school. So we're going to meet Don in just a minute. Uh, we are on Be Live, and I've been on Be Live now probably six, seven months, uh, which is a, a, a company that, that allows me to broadcast live on Facebook. But one of the things I'd like to start doing is getting our audience involved, right? One of the aspects of having a live TV show is, or TV show, uh, a podcast here uh, is to be able to interact with our guests. And I did want to try something new today about having our guests that are viewing live uh, comment, but not only just comment, but bring you into the show. So if you are watching this, we got just a viewer popped on there. If you're watching this live, uh, I do suggest that you uh, put some comments in there and we're going to save some time at the end of the show where we can talk with, with Don about your questions and interact with you live on the show. Um, it's something that made, was, uh, made as a recommendation to me and in true Don Wetrick fashion, we're just we're going to try it, right? We're going to try it see how it goes. And uh, if it goes, we'll run with it and, and things will have to change. We'll change with it. So throughout the show, if I see live comments on there, I might say, Don, so-and-so from Indianapolis is here, and uh, uh, we'll try that We'll try that out today. And um, just something different that I'd like to try for the live aspect of the show. So, again, this is Andrew Murata, host of the show. Uh, excited today. Let's bring Don in right now. Boom, there he is out in Indianapolis, Indiana. Don, welcome to the program. Hello, and thank you for having me. I um, I enjoy the Live format. I've done a few, and... Um, yeah, I like the fact you're like, let's, let's, let's try this. Let's see how it goes. Yeah, I've always had comments on here, but I'm more focused on the guest. Uh, uh, that ADD looking away from the screen uh, might not help so much, but uh, uh, in this case, we're going to try it today. Yeah. Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Um, Don, let's start with your mission, right? I, I did a lot of research getting ready to, to meet you and talk with you and your mission on, uh, on your website there uh, started up at, at Innovation empower students and uh, teaching to actively change education through employing innovation and entrepreneurship in the classroom. 
That is just tremendous. And you're living out that mission there in Noblesville High School. Tell me how you got started on, on this journey uh, and yeah. doing this in real life. Yeah. So um, really the origin story was uh, years ago. We're talking eight. This, this class has been around for a while now. Um, we got I watched a Daniel Pink TED Talk. A uh, friend recommended it to me. And, you know, Dan, in that, you know, TED Talk was talking about freedom, master autonomy um, and purpose. I'm sorry. And it was like, you know, we should do that in schools. And and there wasn't a genius hour moniker yet. There wasn't, you know, just it seemed like a, a good thing to do. And so long story made short, I started um, back was basically our 20 percent time model. And it struggled a bit. But it struggled what, because what were you teaching? What were you teaching? Well, uh, so several things. I, I was trying it out of my freshman English class, um, but I also taught television broadcasting and documentary filmmaking. Oh, so wow. that's kind of why I was interested because I had kind of a course already that it was very let's figure this out together. Um, because by no means was I the expert, right? I mean, I knew a little bit about videography to be honest with you, and I was learning along the way with my students, and. Um, and so, you know, the freshman English class seemed like this could be an interesting spot to try a genius hour type thing. And then I enjoyed it a lot. It, like we, we started it in like, unfortunately, we started in April. So not too much more of the school year left. I asked them to have my own class called Innovation. Um, now we call it Innovation Open Source Learning. And um, it was still a rough start. There's a lot of reasons that we can get into that on why it was a rough start. Because, you know, when you tell kids their whole school career to sit down, be quiet and wait for instructions. Um, it's a hard thing for them to get up, move around and start doing things without, you know, if it being on a rubric or, or things of this nature. So that motivation for them to work was, was hard. Um, but after a while you build a culture, you start doing things, you start getting really transparent. You have people reach out on social media, you start open sourcing your learning. Um, then things took off. And, and, how did you get the motivation of the kids going? Was it was you mentioned social media? Were you bringing in speakers? Yeah. Were you screaming at them? What did, what did you do to get well, them rolling? All of the above, I guess. No, um, <laughs> started with of, the screaming. It started with um, like me, and it's funny because now I love a lot of Simon Sinek's works. But it, like in a lot of ways, I'm like, why are you here? Like you know, it, you're here to learn. Okay, that's great. Learn what? Like, I don't have a problem with some traditional education, but the, you know, there's, I always hear people say, you know, they ought to teach that in school. And whenever they explain that, it's like an endless thing, whether it's financial planning, knowing how to invest, you know, how to uh, understand the tax code. There's always things that people say, well, they should do that in education. Okay, what is that? Would you want to do that? If I gave you an hour and a half uh, of, of the school day every other day, would you do that? And so getting them to understand that there's a lot of things that we don't teach in school, that this could be the catch-all. This could be the zone. And also because that, oh, it's not what you know, Don, it's who you know. Okay, genius. How about we know people? So I'm asking, like, who would you want to work for? Who would you want to learn from? And then I started to, like, discover people. Well, that in full disclosure, Daniel Pink helped out quite a bit. Like, um, when I said, I like that TED Talk, Full disclosure, I didn't know who he was. I was kind of naive. Um, I wasn't in this genre as much uh, back in 2013 or before then. Anyway, um, but essentially, I wanted to um, like connect with these people that I thought, okay, that's that's the right thing. So I reached out to Dan, and he was nice enough to say, yeah, I'll get back with you. And he did, and 
all of a sudden my students started looking at people like a Tim Ferriss, a Daniel Pink. Um, I eventually found this my muse and, and, and um, mentor Tina Selig at Stanford. Um, and so I started reaching out to those people and said, hey, I'm trying to start things that are a little bit different in, in schools. And so they bought in. Now, all of a sudden, the students think, well, this may be a little bit cooler. You know, you, you, there's some interesting people that are successful that think that what we're going to do is neat. So that made them feel like they belong to something a little bit out there. Um, and so that got them to work a little harder. And then plus just, you know, I, I know I, I used to be a former public relations exec before I was a teacher. I, I did it for a whopping two years. But um, I know that there's a thing called slow news days. And so if your students are doing something relevant and something out of the ordinary, not like a good spelling test or a great essay, but something that's out of the normal, they pick up the phone. Like your local news affiliate, right? They're probably like on, on a Tuesday, they're thinking, well, we can cover another, you know, blank or whatever. Uh, why not Why not cover a kid doing something relevant? So um, that also made the students buy in a little more. That's terrific, uh, Don. And I want to jump in with our, our opening concept. Again, if you are watching live, please put a comment or a question on there. We are going to interact with our uh, viewers today, uh, trying to maximize Be Live today. We're going to try something different with our friend Don Wetrick. Don, you mentioned about some of the, you know, edu celebrities on there, right? These guys, and, and you know, I know you connected also with Seth Godin. Um, and you actually went out to Stanford after making this connection. You brought the class out there. Yeah. Um, what's that been like for you on this journey about connecting with some big time people and the kids must just be thrilled with um, They are. It's, it's funny. It's one of the reasons why I started a podcast because these people that I considered um, my heroes, the average educator had not heard of them. Sure. Um, so like, yeah, I mean, we did. We've taken some, I'm going to use field trips. We, we, we were invited out to Stanford University. Um, we got to you know present out there. We were then guests at Google, Facebook, that kind of thing. So the students, and man, that's the thing is like, they were walking around these places and they're like, this looks like our classroom. This feels like our classroom. You know, results only work environments, right? They, it's open, you can play pool in the middle of the day. You can play sand volleyball, just get your stuff done. And I have kind of a different type of teaching style that I'm like, look, you said you're gonna get this done in two weeks. It's up to you. But if right now you want to, you know, work on other things, I understand. Um, so it, it, they they saw the culture of what I was trying to do in the classroom. So that was good for them. And then, yeah, meeting some of these, again, in my opinion, really cool people has really kind of put them into that, whoa, this is serious kind of mindset. Cool. Don, you mentioned about some of the challenges that you started with with the kids, right? Getting them going, getting those creative juices going for the students because they were used to so, being so passive. Um, how about some challenges working within the, the school district or the union rules about, you know, lesson plans and that kind of stuff, you know, breaking the mold of traditional, the role of the traditional teacher? What were some challenges with the adults in the school setting? Yeah, let me be... Um fully honest with you on this. This is when, this is the, this is when I get myself in trouble. I don't want to get uh, you I, in trouble. No, no, it's not. And it's not going to be with my school. Um, I get a lot of, hmm, I need to watch what I say. I get at times several people telling me why that they can't do that. And it's easy for me to say because blank. Well, I, I fully admit I, uh, I'm at a school that allows me to take chances. 
Um, there's all of the, the, and they allowed me to take chances because one, I did, I took some risks, but I showed um, my students that if you make the school look good um, and you're doing relevant work, shocker, the school will want to support you. So I've always started with the fact that if you're doing what's right for kids, I think that you're going to get more leverage and more freedom from your school. Now, that being said, they may never let you start. And I respect that. I do. And I, and that's where I kind of get salty sometimes is that I could never do this because my student, you know, my school would never let me. Okay. I mean, if you don't, if that's your mindset, you're right. It'll never happen. However, <laughs> I think that um, sometimes <laughs> I got myself in a little bit of hot water at first <laughs> because I was asking for forgiveness and, and I wasn't asking for permission. Um, I was never doing anything illegal, but I was pushing the boundaries a little bit um, with what they are comfortable with. So, you know, pushing those boundaries, but then being hyper transparent. If you want to know what's going on in my classroom, I do a lot of things on Facebook Live. I did last year, I did at least a video every other day out of my class. Um, because by the way, anybody can BS this stuff. Anybody can say I'm innovative and I take screenshots of my worksheets or whatever. I put it out there and you hear from my students. I put them on. Um, I'm high on LinkedIn right now because my students, there's not many 16 year olds on LinkedIn. Yeah. So therefore I want them on LinkedIn. Um, and by doing those things, um, the school was a lot more supportive and I'm, I, I'll stand by that. I think that there's a lot of teachers out there that we complain that the media doesn't cover us well, that then be your own media company. Yeah. Well, and Take, you're doing that. You're doing that in the real world. You're showing people and you're passionate, Don, whether you're, it's on this program, your own program, you, when you get on there, your videos, it's real, it's authentic and it, it, it's passion, right? And, Glad uh, you see that is that not anger. <laughs> well, you've touched on a couple, and I like how you put it. When, when you get salty, but you're touching a, a little bit of a sensitive nerve with some adults, right? But oh. you're doing great, great things for kids. Uh, and and look, I, a student even asked me the other day, and and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get myself in trouble. But there was a, I, I, there was a particular teacher at another school that was, um, you know, degrading the class. And um, the student kind of stood up and said some things to the contrary. And, and he says, are, are, you're not even mad. I wasn't batting an eye. I'm like, I said, look, I'm, I'm not in this to like make every, you know, I'm not in this to make friends. I'm doing this so you can succeed. And I also am fully aware that I have a podcast that's critical of overly traditional education. So I'm going to run into some overly traditional educators who, shocker, don't like the class. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> You're a big boy. <laughs> You're works. a big boy. And at the same time, at the same time, I'm so blessed that I do work for a school corporation. You've already mentioned it, Noblesville High School. We're a suburb of Indianapolis that they let my students and I do what we feel is best. And that's... And, and also why, speaking of getting salty, when people are like, well, you're just lucky to be in a school corporation like that. A, yes. But B, what am I supposed to do? Not broadcast cool stuff? Like, okay, I'll just be modest and never show my kids work? That's freaking dumb. Yeah. So it's every now and then I get a little bit like, oh, come on. You know, the, 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 the well, you're just showing off. Yes, I am. You know, so some people put their their work out in the hallway for everybody to see. I put mine in the digital hallway for everybody to see. Well, that's a good sound bite. I'm going to use that again later. <laughs> There's the <laughs> quote from it. 
Don, let me jump in. A friend of mine who's a school teacher in New Jersey just jumped on here and, and asked a question about parent involvement. You know, mm. you're you're having these kids learn how to swim on their own, right? Sink or swim. Yep. Tell me about the parent involvement with, with your kids on their journey. Um, I'm going to quote Drake by saying, I started from the bottom, now I'm here. Um, at the beginning, go. some of the parents, I've got really supportive parents now. They, some thought I was just bat stuff crazy, um, but I, they're really supportive now. Uh, just because I think a lot of people are saying, they're seeing where the world is going. Like, and like I'm not making this up. Half the nation's jobs will be freelance by 2020. Yeah. So the person that sets by and waits or expects the government to take care of them, it ain't going to happen. However, the person that sees our mantra, and I know you know this, I end every podcast with opportunities are everywhere. You can teach, and this is my favorite thing to talk about. This is my favorite thing to talk about. I'm, I'm teaching my students to be seekers and peekers, not moaners and groaners. Seekers seek opportunity. They listen to all the moaners and groaners complain, and they go, I can do something. When you get off your collective ass and you start doing so, oh shit, maybe should have said that. But when you get off your butt and you start doing something, those seekers start congregating a certain crowd, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. And those be those kids become peakers. And what I mean peakers is once you're in the company of people that start to get it, you can peek around the corner because you can see what's coming next. You're in the right place. People know what's going on. People know trends. People know pattern. By the way, innovation is heavy on the pattern recognition. And so some of my kids are like, hey, Wetrick, this is coming next. Like like a lot of my students, several of my students for now are high on blockchain and blockchain development. You know why? It's next. And those peakers are unstoppable. So while the rest of the world wants to get on Twitter and complain, man, I want to create seekers and peakers. And are, are they peeking around? I mean, do you have a line of kids to get in your class? Are they breaking down the door to get in your room? No, your no, 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 no. I mean, I filled up, but barely. Like, so the the, the, the rumor. I want to take your class, Don. Okay, you oh. got a spot for me? So here's the thing, though. <laughs> this is, even my students would joke around. The first part of my class is the New Year's resolution. And the second part of the class is doing it. Yes. Yeah. So the rumor was, oh, this should be an easy class. It's a class, whatever you want to do. It is kind of, but the things you said you're going to do, you got to do. I'm going to read a book a month. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. All things that are difficult, fun to say, but difficult. So some of the students are like, it's not an easy class. And and quite frankly, we've got some kids also that are the very traditional minded and they're like, well, it's not for me because it's 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 those out there kids or it's a tech class. I always try and attract more girls to my class because it, it got this reputation that it was a tech class. It is mm -hmm. not mm -hmm. unless you want it to be so. Don, this is great. You, you know, people are jumping on uh, on Be Live here, and there's a photographer watching Josh Sweeney about you have to absolutely show your work and it's inspiring. And you're inspiring a lot with your kids and, and getting them out there. Th this talk of, of the kids doing the work and, and, and real life stuff. You've had some kids that maybe got away then from the traditional college journey, right? You've talked yeah. a lot about this on your podcast about yeah. instead of spending $40,000 a year for freshman year of college where you might not know what you want to do, put that money into starting your business. And, and you've had some kids go that route. 
um, and you've had some success, but I also know some of these uh, moaners and groaners are, you know, uh, are, are, you know, commenting on that, uh, on those decisions. Uh, tell me about that journey about kids taking a different path then and not doing the traditional college. Um, I mean, first of all, going back to the parent side, um, this is where parents truly get scared. And so there's this narrative that we've had for far too long, um, probably since the, the, the at least mid-1980s, that all good kids go to college, traditional four-year college. And we have, um, and I say this with authority because my dad was a, a shop teacher in the glorified years of shop. I think the last year he taught either mechanical drafting, he did some woodwork, he did a lot of machine shop. That He basically got forced out in like 1982. And then they put him, and, and to make things even worse, they, they put him in the guidance department to where they encouraged him to send kids to four-year universities. You know, we don't need plumbers and welders. That's where bad kids go now. Mm. So that's a problem, A. Um, <laughs> but there's been a really tough sell that that's for everybody else. I mean, Mike Rowe has been leading this charge of dirty jobs. Like there's a heavy need for welders, for plumbers, for electricians. But there seems to be like almost this letdown. Because I talked to a lot of kids. They're like, well, I told my mom that I might not want to go to college, but I want, might want to go to trade school. And their reaction is, what have I done? Like, where did I go wrong? I'm like, meanwhile, there's, and I'm not going to bash on any certain majors, but there are certain majors that you're guaranteed to not get jobs. Like you're just learning things for the sake of learning, which is healthy. But if it's college's kind of job to prepare you for a career, there's several things out there that will not get you employed, just period. But what you will do is run up an $80,000 debt. This is a problem, Andrew. This is the problem that don't no one wants to talk about. Well, I'm happy that there are people out there that are starting to sound the alarms. I'm happy out there that, that, that people are pointing out that you can start a business, a really bad business, and declare bankruptcy, and you start back at zero. But you can never, ever declare bankruptcy on a bad college degree. And there are – get myself in trouble. <laughs> there's, just, there's, just, there's some – if you're paying a lot of money and you're not researching whether you can get employed by this degree or not, we need to, we need to rethink this. Now, does that mean I'm bashing on all college education? No. You want to be a doctor? You got to go. I don't want you to open me up if you haven't gone. You yeah. want to be a lawyer. You want to be a teacher. There's a lot of things that you do need a college education, traditional. But there's a lot of professions that you need a trade certification. Or, heck, even Google and Microsoft admitting, if you're a high schooler and you know how to code well, they don't care if you didn't go to MIT, Stanford, et cetera. Yeah. They just, do you have the skills? And well, that's you're, what we're to do. you're carving out uh, you're carving out a niche, uh, uh, you know, of those kids and and maybe getting those kids started earlier. Uh, Don, we got Veronica Smith here from uh, Perth, Western Earth. Australia. Look at that. So, Veronica, why don't you put a question up there uh, for Don and, and we'll get to it near the end of the show. Um, She's pleased to have found me. Finally, someone else who believes the potential of young entrepreneurs. You have no idea, Veronica. Uh, actually, that's what our foundation is about. Uh, we are running a cohort. We got to travel out to New York City and be with Seth, um, but we're also providing seed funding for 
uh, entrepreneurs 21 years and, young, and younger, providing them mentorship, money, and, and media. So, Don, that, that leads us to the next question. You know, you've built a real-life company about um, around the work you're doing. Um, you're helping schools. You're helping kids. Um, also, you're, you've become a, a worldwide speaker. You're speaking all over the country uh, and the world on this stuff. Did people just start reaching out to you and say, hey, will you come speak on that? How did, how did that work? Um, uh, sharing. This is kind of a Gary V thing, but just sharing what I was doing on a day-to-day -day basis made people go, huh, that's interesting. So, yeah, I mean, people started reaching out. Um, there's been some other I can't believe this is happening moments because of that. But um, for the most part, that and just who I'm associated with because of the podcast. Um, even some non-educational things that I've been asked to help with innovation departments or whatever. Um, and I'll ask them like, and I'm always flattered. And quite frankly, I do know what I'm doing. And then I'll get the feedback. I'm like, you know, hey, how did you find me? I saw you with Seth Godin and we can't afford Seth. <laughs> so um yeah it's 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 been it's been an interesting ride and then you know even with my daughter who recently actually it's funny i need to in some cases i'm like ava can you give me some social media love you know i'm trying to amplify this message and she's like okay like she's she's killing it and so i'm like could you help could you help that out she's doing great i know you featured her uh this summer and uh uh uh, it's terrific. Don, each thing you're saying is leading into the next question, and, and uh, it's just just tremendous. Um, here, let's go here. Tell me I, another thing you had done. Which came first, what you're doing in the classroom uh, and then the book, or the book and then you went rolling with it? Because I know you wrote a book here also, Pure Genius, uh, Building yeah. a Culture of Innovation and Taking 20% Time to the Next Level. Uh, Tell me yeah, about that journey. Yeah, that was really like almost kind of a retrospective on my first two years of bumbling, stumbling, and falling over in the, in the first two years of the class. It was our framework um, for what we did, how we did it, um, some insights on how I think that uh, more schools need to um, embrace social media and not shut it down. Um, some things have changed. I probably need to write a book number two, to be honest with you. Um, but there was just a lot in there on here's the risks, here was the payoff. Uh, and, and then quite frankly, when you, you ask, you know, how all of a sudden I start speaking, it's one of those magic bullets that if you have a book, then all of a sudden speaking comes a little easier, I guess. Uh, yeah. But um, yeah, so that was that was fun to write. Very cool. And then and then the podcast, right? Did that did that 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 come on the journey as well? And uh, <laughs> a follow up question, I, I you know. Sometimes you, you're, you're 30, 40 minutes, and sometimes you just give a quick message five minutes. You In the summer, you said, hey, man, I, I got to shut this down. I'm going to go to the movies with my kids. And, and uh, it was great, right? You know, yeah. you, had, you had a five-minute one on uh, recently about meditation. Yeah. And uh, uh, just tremendous. So I, I changed formats. And basically, my Monday is about a five-minute, here's my, here's my focus of the week. Um, my Wednesday, I hate to say celebrity guests, but Wednesday is our – more notorious guests. Friday, um, I had a nice 10, 12 week stint where I was featuring young entrepreneurs mm -hmm. or teachers. So Friday's more of my, this is educator focused only. My Wednesday audience is educator, but a lot of fans of like Gary V kind of thing. Um, the origin though was kind of fun. Um, 
and almost kind of answers on how sometimes we get the the, the guests we have. Um, so I used to reach out to some people and just to show kids the power of social media, I would, I was like, you know, we pick out somebody we want to really call into the class and ask them a few questions. And we had some heavy hitters, but one of the heaviest that we couldn't get to was Tim Ferriss. And I really, really enjoyed Tim's work. And so he wasn't responding back. And so um, three of my girls go, I've got an idea. I'm like, what? They go, take a picture of us. And I go, why? They go, just do. And I took a picture of her and they did this, you know, this sad prayer, you know, begging look. And it said, um, she says, okay, put, hey, at Tim Ferriss, why aren't you getting back to us? You're disappointing a lot of kids. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, and five minutes later, he's like, LOL, I give up. Okay, when do you want? And so a couple days later, um, we had Tim. We had a nice hour plus block, I think hour and a half block with him. Wow. And, and well, here's where it gets even crazier. So I invited some teachers. I'm like, anybody wants, wants to join? I'm not saying this to, to like, I guess there's just a lot of people that don't know who Tim Ferriss was. And so one, I thought more teachers should know who Tim Ferriss is. And number two, we had this awesome conversation. And one of the kids turns around to me and goes, are we recording this? And I'm like, actually, I am. I'm recording. They go, we should, you should start a podcast when these people call into the class. And then it dawned on me. I'm like, you're right. Because that's kind of exactly what Tom Bilyeu did with his show Inside Quest. Like, he had all these people come in to do an interview so his employees could, you know, bask in their glow. And I was like, I should do the same thing. Start a podcast. If no one else listens other than my students, I'm good. Because uh, at minimum, my students, well, if they're smart enough, they're like, hey, my teacher just interviewed you mind if I talk to you about whatever. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we started getting some yeses from some pretty cool people and, and it just built on up. Well, and, and kudos to you because when I reached out to you, you said, Andrew, any way I can help you. And, and you did the same for me. So, uh, I'm grateful uh, to that. And, uh, our experiment here is, is working Don. Uh, I, I don't know if you could see these questions, but yes. Veronica, she wants to take, uh, her kids down to Stanford. So how would you suggest uh, they get from uh, uh, Western Australia to Stanford? Uh, you know, how would you uh, suggest that she get her students there? Uh, Veronica first, um, please um, follow me on LinkedIn and then uh, private message me. I've got some really great people I know at Stanford that at minimum would allow you to uh, come and visit. Finding the money—that's a harder thing, but yeah. Well, uh, maybe you start with us. Maybe you start with a Skype or a Google Hangout or something, right? Oh yeah, I can arrange that soon. But yeah. if she physically wants to go to uh, to Palo Alto, there's a, a lot of really fun, interesting contacts that I can help you out with there, Veronica. Cool. And then her second question is there, you know, and you touched on this earlier about your school leaders and engaging them and what you're doing, and uh, why don't you touch on that for Veronica? Dunn? Yeah, the school leaders, um, I, I, again, I, I think that um, you do great things uh, for your students, um, then the school will mysteriously and predictably want to support what you're doing. And I don't think that that's rocket science. I think that's just common sense, um, especially the more transparent. Like if I'm doing this under the cover of night or doing it secretively, that can cause mistrust. But, you know, I, I although I will say I, I have my students – um, sign a waiver. Like I, I let parents know, like, if you don't want your kid to be on social media, I will go out of my way to make sure they aren't in, you know, camera shot. Uh, but it's gonna, you know, other than that, your student's going to be promoted 
especially on LinkedIn. So uh, once I get the parents who are okay with it, then you know we turn the camera on them and we do a lot of updates. And again, especially on LinkedIn, Veronica, heavy on LinkedIn lately. So, and that's one of my rapid fires, Don. I don't know if you looked on that, but yeah. why? Why did you? Why did you? Why did you pick yeah. that one of all that's the simple. socials? And why? Why are you jumping on LinkedIn like that? Because people aren't angry and political. I don't care about your politics. I really don't care who you voted for. I think that you're a good person no matter what, unless you're not a good person. And I probably know that too. Um, but the angry political stuff, I just don't want to be a part of. So even though Twitter is by far my biggest following, I'm just. I haven't been as active because I'm just, I'm just too much anger. Yeah. The other thing is question, how many 16 and 17 year olds are on LinkedIn? Answer, not many. Benefit my students, right? Third, LinkedIn is starting to take video very seriously. And so unlike Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, they don't have a pay to play. If your video does well, it will do great organically. Facebook will throttle you unless you give them five bucks. Yeah. So LinkedIn is the video platform is new. They want to grow. Why not? Why not be early to that party? And you're the one you filmed. The, your daughter was getting ready for her speech in, in, in Switzerland. That thing took off, and and that was such a cool video. Uh, oh no, that that was Milwaukee. That was just that was just okay. a couple of days ago. Yeah, she was preparing, and I just had to sneak in and like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> it was great. Cool. Well, Don, let's get to rapid fire here. Uh, it's, it is just like it sounds. These are quick questions uh, with a quick answer, okay? Cool. Last book you read? Uh, 12 Rules of Life, Jordan Peterson. Love it. I wrote that down here. And after your book next, I'm going to put that on my list. Last movie you saw? Um, my 46-year-old brain. Uh, In the theater or like Doesn't at home? Doesn't matter. Either one. Uh, in the theater, here. like we we just went out and like we were shocked it wasn't even a animated film like mo like ninety percent of all I watch is like animated films. Um, I'll you know what is at home it was Kung Fu Panda because I watched Kung Fu Panda at least once a year. There you go. I'm not joking. It's a great movie. You obviously got some passions going on in your life and and your kids. You know. Uh, but what is something that motivates you? Let's let's pull it outside the work you're doing, because clearly yeah. that is motivating you. It's, it's obvious that you love your kids and your job. Outside of that, what is something else that motivates you? Um, I'm going to – my dad. Yeah, my dad. He's uh, He was the teacher that I, I wanted to be, and, uh, and, and, and probably my favorite part of the book, um, he <laughs> – he was in education, and when I told him, and they paid for all of my education, God bless him. And after just two years, I'm like, hey, Dad, I'm basically not going to use the degree you paid for, and I'm going to go back to school and be a teacher. And I wasn't asking for money, by the way. But he so graciously and so wisely told me, he says, you know, Donnie, I don't care if you go and teach the next 20 years. Just don't teach one year 20 times. And that has stuck with me. He just, you know, he never complained. He never complained about education. He never badmouthed it. He was, my dad is a, and so is my mom. Uh, the only reason why I'm saying my dad, my dad is because he gave me this career advice. Um, my mom's a stay-at-home mom, which by the way, that makes her a teacher. Um, but yeah, just that don't, you can teach 20, you know, you can teach the next 20 years. Don't teach one year 20 times. So I love it. I love it. I love it. I've heard you say that a lot on your show and Actually, that's going to be our ending show quote. So good for uh, uh, Chuck Wetrick there. And uh, that's a great, 
That's a great quote. Bonus points for you knowing his name. Good <laughs> <for> you. <laughs> My dad also very special to me. Um, who are some of the people that that lead you? That you lead. What, what does this say here? <laughs> I screwed this question up. I'm skipping to the next one. Most famous Hoosier. Most famous Hoosier. I. The people that don't know that he's a Hoosier, Michael Jackson. I'm one of those people. Wow. Best cult of all time. I mean, if you don't say Peyton Manning, you're just a bad person. <laughs> you might get some more people. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> don't give me Johnny Unitas. I mean, he's he's a Baltimore court. The cult. The best Indianapolis cult is Peyton Manning. Good answer. Um, best line of the movie Hoosiers. This is where people get really mad at me. Don't get <laughs> mad at me. I've you never can, seen that's it. The, that's the third time you've said that this show. I, I I never have seen Hoosiers. When it now, came out. Now I'm mad I know, at you. <laughs> I know. See, I told you. I told you. No, I When it came out, I was in high school, and I was very busy. And then when everybody told me I had to see it, I guess maybe I enjoyed being a contrarian. But maybe I was like, I'll get around to it. Then – Remember when you had to go to a blockbuster and rent a movie? Every time I was ready to rent Hoosiers, there was another box, and there was something else that was interesting. Or I like comedies. I'm just kind of dumb that way. So now it's almost like I'm going to – you know what? I, I make a resolution. I will watch Hoosiers before the end of 2018, but I've never gotten around to it. And, again, most of my favorite films are animated. Wow. Hoosiers is one of my favorite. And actually, this summer when I drove through Indianapolis, we went to the gym. And oh, uh, you went to it was yeah. Sunday morning and it was closed. And uh, uh, but it's one of my favorites. So by the end of uh, 2018, I, I want to quote from I will it. take a shot from my couch showing you that I will live up to that. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right. I don't want to get you in trouble anymore. Bob Knight, hero or villain? Both. Okay. I, uh, in the sense that you can't treat kids like that, but time, he, he, he ran into a new era. I'm sure that's the way you coached back in the 1950s and 60s, and he got away with a lot of bad things because he was winning. And he was upset because he they started treating him to a different standard, one, because he wasn't winning, and two, the times caught up with him. You cannot headbutt kids. You cannot treat people like that. So personally, I never – liked his style but was an i was i an iu fan as a kid yes until one of my best friends played for purdue <laughs> <laughs> then i was a purdue fan the best thing about teaching an innovation and entrepreneurship class that you are the dumbest person in the room and it's a lot of fun to learn from the kids they're what? working on some stuff that man i can't like i'm like how did you do that so, out of the way right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. What's the worst thing about uh, teaching the innovation and entrepreneurship class? Uh, watching students not understand what they had until they're gone. I get a lot of students that are in their freshman and sophomore years of college, and they come back, and they warn my kids, take advantage of this year, please. Um, because some students – and again, I've got a fairly high success rate, but I still get about 20% of my kids that still just want to be told what to do. Yeah. They don't take those risks. And, you know, youth is wasted on the young, you know? Like, you all of a sudden will figure these things out when you're older, and I hate that. I hate when they figured out, like, oh, I should have done that two years ago. 
three most important characteristics of a good presenter and a motivational speaker, which we know you're doing. Tell a story. Don't do too many graphs and tell another story. We learn through stories. If you have a concept, please have an example of how a student did it. Please tell a story. No one wants to hear graph upon graph or, and this is, this is my other thing, show that you've actually done it. No one would pay to go see or hear Chuck Pagano talking about winning a Super Bowl. I'm sure he's a nice person. He has never won a Super Bowl. So sometimes when we have people that have never worked with kids talk about what works with kids, I don't know, man. I, I, maybe, but if you have a story of when you did, that wins people's hearts. Always does. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to give a little plug for my buddy here. If you like stories and you need some stories, this is my buddy's book. It Dan, Dan's got the stories. Oh, the the best, really. Cool. The best. And I've I've learned a lot that I use. But I agree with it. You got to be a great storyteller. Um, where'd you get that cool music for your podcast? I love that little intro music. Uh, I think I think a student made it. I'm trying to think of where I found it. Like every now and then, I'll have them produce stuff for me. Okay, cool. After your podcast, what is another one that you enjoy listening to? Oh, that's a loaded question. It's like asking me what favorite Beatles album I like. Um, okay, so I'm going to give in different genres. Forever and Always, one of the originals and still the king is Freakonomics. Those guys are just amazing. Um, and because I've gotten to really know some of these other great people, like there's this one show called Shoes F.I., Shoes Fi. It's a financial independence thing. I love financial planning. So if you're not into finances, but they even talk about how to save money. Like it's almost like Dave Ramsey, but on steroids, like mm -hmm. great money investment stuff. I, I love it. Um, and then we just go to some of the other classics like um, Joe Rogan, only when he has intelligent guests on, I don't, I don't do the comedian stuff. I don't do the martial arts guys, but when Joe Rogan has on authors and thought leaders, I dig that uh, Tim Ferriss podcast. Um, uh, Fort Knox, um, for, he's a guy on CNBC. Um, I'm leaving some out, but those, oh, and then Tom Bilyeu now, um, he had a show called Inside Quest, which I was honored that I was on that show. It's also a video show, uh, but he had, now has a show called Impact Theory, and it is quite good as well. And then, of course, then there's like the educational genre. I like everything that, you know, we even talked about uh, Disrupt Ed TV is doing. Uh, Chris has got like a whole series of great podcasts for educators on the Educator Podcast Network. Jennifer Gonzalez has been the queen. She's been doing it forever. So Matt Miller has been doing some great things. So there's – actually, I'm, this is terrible. This is like the Academy Awards. You're going to leave out your best friend, and they're going to say, what the hell, man? You left out my podcast. But Put it in the comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, listen, you've only gotten in trouble four times on the podcast. Now it'll be Three. Fine. I think I'm going to get some grace for the first one, but the Hoosiers one will come back to haunt me. You've got until uh, uh, December 31st. Promise. Don, you have you talk about your family a lot on the show. The mention of your father, you could you 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 became emotional. I could see it. You're teaching. You're traveling. You're doing videos. You're listening to podcasts. Tell me about the balance in in your life, because um, my kids tell me, Dad, you can't get another job. You know, tell me about the balance. Um, this is. I'm so glad you asked. Uh, this is first and foremost why I started that other business. Um, 
is because I was getting on a plane and going and doing a conference or a consultancy. And so ironically enough, one of my co-founders, he's then was a student, even said, he's like, Wetrick, you've got a very 1990s business model. Do you care if I help? And so we started to digitize some of our stuff so I can be home more. Yeah. When it hits, when my school day is over, it's my kids. When it's the weekend, it's Alicia. I live and breathe for her. Um, my three kids are, so when I'm off, I'm off. Yeah. And when I'm on, I'm on. So um, it's a, it's a, I don't see it as a hard balance. It, it's just people, even my dad, he, you mentioned my dad. He one time asked me, he's like, man, I'm getting kind of concerned, Donnie. You're awfully busy. And I'm like, no, I'm productive. Busy means you're scattered. I know exactly what I'm doing. I live by the Google calendar and I have calendar time blocked off for just Alicia, Ava, Anna, and Grant. They are everything. That was a great answer. And and I'm glad you blocked this time out for us. Uh, Don, I do want to give one more shout out to our our audience on Be Live. If you are watching live, uh, please put a question on there with Don because we're going to get rolling here in a few minutes. And uh, we heard from Veronica. We heard from Chris today. Uh, Josh Sweeney, Andrew Myra, uh, a number of people here. So we have just a couple of minutes. You want to put a question on there. Um, Don, before we get to those questions, um, and we know you're online, your company, but give give a couple ways that people can best get in touch with you. Um, you can always email me, Don, at startedupinnovation.com. As I said before, I'm just in love with, um, with LinkedIn, so I DM a lot there. Uh, and then, like I said, if you want to see what I do and you want to take a look under the hood, LinkedIn video, although LinkedIn, I love it, but they really need to have like a playlist to find videos. You have to dig and search. Um, but last year, like I said, um, on our Facebook page, it's facebook.com slash start ed up all one word. I was doing a video at least every other day. And, um, cause I wanted to showcase what my students were doing. Um, so that's, that's another good spot as well. But, but again, like also it's on LinkedIn. Sometimes my students will tag me, look, look at what my students are doing. That's where my heart swells with uh, pride because they're, they're doing it, man. Yeah. And, uh, you, you certainly have got the platform done. It's really inspiring, right? You hear a lot of people say they're doing stuff for the kids. You, you really are, uh, you put them on a national platform and, uh, uh, just tremendous, uh, really, really impressed, Don. Thanks. That's, it's been, um, uh, the journey that, that I've, I've just been grateful for and then having a school like Noblesville allow me to do it has been everything. Cool. Don, um, I'm going to have a quote here for your dad. Certainly our book recommendation today. Mine is uh, coming on Amazon here. Pure genius, building a culture of innovation and taking 20% time to the next level. That's Don's book. We know he's going to start that second one soon. Uh, and again, the quote from your dad, why don't you go ahead and say it, uh, Chuck Wetrick. Uh, Chuck Wetrick says, uh, Don, I don't care if you teach, uh, what was it had exactly? It was like, I don't care if you teach for the next 20 years, but don't teach one year 20 times. And um, that will always stay. And, and you know, the funny thing is, it didn't mean much to me until my second year. And uh, I started seeing those who were dreading the school year. They got out the same lesson plans. They never changed a thing since. Well, I, I literally, I, it became abundantly clear to me when there was a teacher who was literally getting out dittos. 
dittos. I started teaching in 1997. He was getting out dittos. <laughs> and dittos phased out in what, 83? So um, it was then where it hit me that I don't want to be that. And I'm not trying to throw meanness at any particular teacher, but if you haven't changed it up, um, kids just don't like that. Yeah, you got to continue to move forward. You got to get the next event. You got to you got to stay uh, stay new and stay fresh. And that's a great uh, wisdom from your dad. So appreciate you sharing that. Uh, Don, I want, certainly want to keep in touch with you uh, for our listening audience. Yeah, definitely check Don's stuff out. He's doing great things with kids. Uh, but we are going to head out, uh, Don. I appreciate the time. And I know you got some family time coming up now. Yeah, man. All right. Well, Andrew, again, appreciate what you're doing and uh, love the show. Don Wetrick, everyone. Don, thanks so much. Uh, this is Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. If Don can help you, he certainly will. If I can help you, at Andrew Murata 21 or check out my website, andrewmurata.com. Uh, appreciate Don's time today. Appreciate our friends on Be Live. Uh, we're going to use this a little bit more often. Veronica, if you get that trip to Stanford, maybe I'll meet you out there. Yeah, very good. Don, thanks so much. We're uh, going to head out here on education, leadership, and beyond. Continue to go out and change the world for the better, everyone. And uh, again, thanks to Don Wetcher for uh, coming on today. Leader.